Amos 3. I know I don't preach out of the Old Testament very often. Amos 3, 1 and 2. God had a covenant relationship with the Israelites. And over and over again, he would tell them, I will bless you if you do these things, and I will curse you if you do not. Over and over again, the Israelites forsook the covenant and found themselves in a mess. They cried out to God, and he forgave them and blessed them again. And the cycle just continued over and over throughout the Old Testament. The sermon is entitled, Taking Responsibility, Amos 3, 1 and 2. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up out of the land of Egypt. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. God knew Israel. They knew him. And because they forsook the covenant, because they did not honor God, he punished them. They cried out. He forgave. He blessed. They forsook. They cried out. He forgave. He blessed over and over again. Sometime we need to take responsibility for our actions. Let's bow together. Father, our society has become so adept at pointing the finger and blaming others for things we have done. So few accept responsibility anymore. And yet you say over and over again that you love us and you expect us certain things from us. And so help us own up to those responsibilities and be the people that you've called us to be, created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. A businessman was interviewing a young man as a prospective employee. He said, we're looking for somebody who is responsible. And the young man said, well, I'm your man then. Because at the place I used to work at, anytime anything went wrong, they always said I was responsible. <laughs> responsibility is not a word we hear much about anymore. And I just shake my head when I watch the news and someone is accused of something and they're plainly guilty, but of course they always cry not guilty. We prefer words like privilege and opportunity and freedom and rights and empowerment, and you just don't hear people talking about responsibility and obligation and duty. Right now, the young man from Texas is in the news who got off of um, DUI driving where four people were killed by claiming affluenza. You remember that? He was too rich to know the difference between right and wrong. And a psychiatrist got on the stand and testified that that's a possibility. Uh, Will Rogers once said, the history of America can be written in three phrases, the passing of the Indian, the passing of the buffalo, and the passing of the buck. A little boy came in from school with a black eye and a bloody nose, and he told his father, the fight started when Bob hit me back. We have always managed to blame someone else. Moses, I'm, just, this is just so funny. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai where he received the Ten Commandments, 
he found the Hebrews worshiping a golden calf that Aaron had made for them. He demanded an explanation. Do you remember what Aaron said? I took the gold the people gave me and threw it in the fire and out jumped this calf. Just all by itself, it just jumped out. We blame others for what we have said, what we have done, for who we are. And, and so when people actually stand up and play the man and take responsibility for something, I just am in awe. I remember, um, you remember the submarine that surfaced too quickly and sank the Japanese fishing boat, killing nine? The captain of that submarine, um, I think his name was Scott Waddle. He took responsibility. He said, it's my fault. I did it. And I, I've got to tell you, I find that characteristic so rare in people these days. Just standing up and saying, yes, I did it. The message of God's word is that we are responsible for our actions and our sins. When we do something wrong, when we sin, we want to point to somebody else and say, it's not my fault. I was... I was raised to this. I didn't have opportunity. I, I didn't know, you know, this is not my fault. But we are responsible. Now, we're not responsible for what happens to us, but we are responsible for how we respond to what happens to us. We and we alone are responsible for whether or not we use the circumstances of life as building blocks to success or stumbling blocks to failure. Responsibility is a key word in Amos's message. The name Amos literally means burden bearer. And it's a fitting name for this prophet from the 8th century BC because he bore the burden on his heart for those who were mistreated in Israel, for those who were poor and taken advantage of. Israel as a country was prospering in every way. And the result became a spirit of self-sufficiency and, and complacency and smugness. Amos shattered the complacency of the people with a reminder that we are responsible to God and to our fellow man for whom we are defrauding. The judgment of God is going to fall on us, Amos prophesied, because we've lost sight of that responsibility that God has placed upon us. Because the Bible says often, the greater the privilege, the greater the responsibility. The New Testament, the Bible says, to whom much is given, what? Much is required. In our day, we thrive on the privileges which are ours, and we needed to be reminded of the responsibilities that are incumbent with those privileges. Because if anyone has ever been privileged, it's we. We have the resources, the opportunities, the freedoms. We are without excuse. We have to take responsibility that comes along with those privileges. First of all, in our relationship with God, the greater the privilege, the greater the responsibility. If ever there were people privileged in their relationship with God, it was the children of Israel. It was the Hebrew people that God chose to be his instruments of grace. It was the Hebrew people God miraculously delivered from Egyptian slavery. And he says over and over again, I am the Lord you God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery and bondage. He has to remind them of what he has done for them 
over and over again. He made a covenant with them and has written his law on their hearts. It was the Hebrew people that God ushered into the promised land. And what a privileged people they were. He says here, you and you only have I chosen among all the peoples on the face of the earth. But along with that privilege comes responsibility to live righteously before God. It's like we think God has blessed us because we deserve it. God has blessed us and we just sit on it and take advantage of it and are so complacent with it. But God, when he, God blesses somebody, when God gives somebody something, he does so for a purpose, for a reason. And he expects us to be good stewards and use it wisely. When you look at the relationship God forged with Israel on Mount Sinai, you discover it was reciprocal. God promised the Hebrew people certain things, and in return, he expected certain things from them. He said, this is our covenant. This is our relationship. You'll be blessed if you keep it. You'll be cursed if you don't. It's as simple as that. Don't expect to have the blessing and the blessing and the blessing and not have any responsibility that goes along with it because in order to exist in a relationship with a holy God, you have to be a holy people. So the Hebrew people had the privilege of knowing how God wanted them to live, but instead, it says in 2.4, they rejected the law of the Lord and did not keep his statutes. And that's why Amos says, this evening, you only have I chosen among all the families on the face of the earth, and I will punish you, therefore, for your iniquities. God has blessed you. There's a responsibility that goes along with it. And to the extent that you keep those obligations or fail to, there is punishment that comes with it. We know what God demands. We should live in righteousness, and that's the responsibility of being in a relationship with God and having that holy privilege that sets us apart. But not only is our relationship with God affected, also our relationship with each other. The greater the privilege, the greater the responsibility in our relationship with others. The people in Amos' day, for the most part, were prospering in every way. They were blessed with material possessions as we are. The hand of the Lord had been upon them. It protected them from their adversaries. God had chosen them, but along with that privilege comes the responsibility to be instruments of grace and mercy to others. If you look at the Ten Commandments, the stipulations by which our relationship with God are governed, regulated, you see the first four of the commandments are vertical. Talk about our responsibility to God, but the last six are horizontal, our relationship with each other. Because of the relationship Israel had with God, they not only had to live in, in righteousness with him, but they also had the responsibility to live in love toward each other, toward their neighbor. They had the privilege of knowing how God wanted them to relate to each other. But instead, it says in chapter 2, verse 6, that they sell the righteous for money and the needy for a pair of sandals. In other words, they were dealing in slavery. Poor people were being bought and sold for paltry sums 
of money, and there was no justice in Amos' land, and the courts only defended the rich. And that's why Amos says, you only have I chosen among all the families on the face of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all of your iniquities. We know what God's demands are, so we should live in love with each other. We should live in righteousness toward God. We should live in love toward each other. That's the responsibility that comes with the privilege that we have with our fellow man. Two boys were talking about doctors and operations, and one boy asked the other, why do you think doctors wear masks when they perform surgery? And the other boy thought about it for a moment and answered, that way if they mess up, the patient won't know who did it. There is no mask that you and I can hide behind if we mess up our lives, if we make bad choices. It is your life. It is, your, it is my life. You are responsible. I am responsible for what we do with it. And in our relationship with God, he tells us, you've been blessed. Live in righteousness toward me in our relationship with others. He says, you have been blessed. Live in love toward one another. That is the responsibility that comes with privilege. You're privileged. You have responsibilities to whom much is given. Much is required. It's as simple as that. That's the message of Amos, the prophet of the Lord. And to us tonight... He would say, if you've made a mistake, own up to it, confess it, repent of it, turn away from it. It's no one else's fault. It is yours. You chose to do that. No one made you do it. As long as you blame someone else, you can never be forgiven. There will never be any change because you'll always find someone else to blame. But the moment you begin to look at yourself and say, yes, I chose that. I sinned. I made a mistake. Forgive me, Jesus. Then he can begin to work. And he will work a wonderful change in your life that will result in righteousness, a relationship with God, and in love toward each other. Let's bow together. Father, it seems like most of the people in the world today are finding every excuse imaginable on which to blame their mistakes and failures. And as long as we continue doing that, there'll never be any improvement because it'll never be our fault. There'll always be someone else's and there'll always be someone else to point a finger at and to blame. Life might not have handed us a perfect life, but we can still choose to do how we respond to those things that happen, those circumstances. Sometimes we have chosen poorly and suffered. Sometimes we have chosen well 
and been blessed. And so help us, God, to be honest with you and honest with ourselves and find the grace that you offer freely to anyone who will confess their sins and repent and believe. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.